So great to see each of you here tonight. I'd like to take just a moment and uh, make a couple of quick statements before we get into our sermon. I want to say, uh, again, Mike and Sheree are leaving in the morning. Uh, Brother Mike told me earlier the flight begins boarding at 4.45 tomorrow morning. Uh, so bright and... Uh, it's not bright. It's just early. It'll just be early. So uh, it'll be early in the morning when they uh, catch that flight. And so please pray for them tomorrow, especially as they're traveling. But uh, before we're eating lunch, they should be in Florida. Uh, so that's kind of amazing, isn't it? But they will be there doing a great work this week. Uh, they have a PTP Spark. It's a shorter version, a little bit condensed, of polishing the pulpit. And yet, uh, Brother Mike, I believe, will speak five times and Sister Cherise uh, twice. And so it will be very busy for them. And so, uh, again, please be uh, mindful of their work, the good work that they'll be doing this week away from us. I also want to make mention of a visitor we have with us tonight, special to us. Uh, sitting at the end over here of our pew, or next to Evan, not our pew, but the pew we're sitting on. And uh, on the other side of Evan is Miss Elsie Russell. And Miss Elsie lives not very far from this building, uh, just over on Roosevelt Street. And she receives the House to House, Heart to Heart publication that we mail out. Uh, and she just loves that publication, loves reading it and receiving it. And she called the building this last week and wanted some more information. And so we're thankful uh, that she is with us tonight for the good work that House to House, Heart to Heart does, and uh, that we can provide that to those in this neighborhood. And so please uh, come up and meet Miss Elsie when you can. Say hello. She'd love to uh, greet you and to say hi herself. So uh, please do that. Tonight we're going to be looking at the term sanctified. If you have your Bible still open there to Acts chapter 26, I want you to notice the contrast that we find in verse number 18 where Jesus, now the third account in the book of Acts of this conversion of, of Saul, later the Apostle Paul, Jesus is speaking to Saul and he says, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. And he says there in verse number 18 for a, a specific reason and he gives these contrasts. He said, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles in order that you might open their eyes to turn them from contrast one, from darkness to light. And then he says, I want you to turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God. And then he makes mention of the fact that I want you to extend to them forgiveness of sin. And the contrast is, I want them not to be in sin, but I want them to be forgiven of sin. And then he says, in order that they might receive the inheritance, that they might be sanctified by faith in me. That's what Jesus says. And so he says, there are people who are out there who are lost. They are in darkness, and I want them to be in light. There are those who are under the power of Satan, and I want them to be under the power of God. There are those who are in sin, and I want them to be forgiven of sin. And then he summarizes, so to speak, by saying, I want them to be sanctified. I want them to be different than they are now. And so tonight, I want to look at this term, sanctified, and we'll go back to the context that we found ourselves in this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you're reminded that Paul is dealing here with a mess, a mistake, an issue that these brethren in Corinth were, were guilty of committing. And he says, I want you all not to be so puffed up with pride that you can't suffer wrong. I want you to suffer in this life even a little bit if you have to, so that ultimately the name of the Lord, the Lord's church, is seen in good light. I want you to be most concerned about that. 
The church doesn't need to be airing dirty laundry in front of the world and casting poor light uh, on Christ and His church. And then he says these words down there as we looked at this morning in verse number 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And those beautiful words that we see then in verse number 11. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Jesus says to Paul, I want you to go to people and open up their eyes. I want you to understand that there are people who are lost and I want them to be saved. And we need to understand that salvation is available to all men in all nations. And what Paul is saying to these in Corinth is that you at one time were lost. You were in an unrighteous condition. And the unrighteous, don't kid yourself, are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But that is who you were. That is not now who you are. The question we're asking ourselves is, how did that take place? How did that change happen? Where they go from being lost to being saved. And as we examined this morning, Paul says the first thing you did was you were washed. And so we examined that word washed this morning, and we noticed its connection to baptism, that word found again in Acts chapter 22 and verse number 16, where Paul is told to arise and wash away his sins, calling on the name of the Lord. In baptism, he was going to do this. And so tonight we turn our attention to sanctification. You can go to heaven without knowing this word, but in the original language, it is the word hagiazo. And it is found 28 times in the New Testament. And this is the word that is used in Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, where Jesus says, I want them to be sanctified by faith in me. And it is the same word that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 11. The word is translated sanctify or sanctification most often. Literally what we're talking about is to stand in awe of something or someone. To stand in reverent awe of who they are and, and what they are able to do. And we'll get into more of this in just a moment. But as the Hebrew language was translated into Greek and in the Septuagint all those years ago, the, the word that is used in the Greek out of the Hebrew means to separate, to uh, object to that which is profane, to stand in objection to that which is profane. And so we see that what we're dealing with in this particular word is to be separate, to be set apart, to be purified, to be holy. That's what we're dealing with. And Paul says, you were sanctified. You were unrighteous. You were in sin. You were lost. But you were sanctified. You have come out of that condition and into a saved condition. Now you stand in contrast to that which is profane. Now you are separate from that condition where you once found yourself. The tense of this word is very interesting as well because what we find in the original language is that washed and sanctified 
are both in the aorist tense. And what this denotes, again, I'm not going to get bogged down in this, but this is really cool. What this denotes is that something specific happened in the past, a specific past event, one-time event in the past, you were washed and you were sanctified. So it is not something that you continue to do. You don't have to continually be baptized, continually be washed, but you had one point in your past done this and this continues to be the case. All right, so both of those words are in the aorist. And I would also add this. Again, you don't have to know this necessarily, but this is cool. The voice of this particular word tells us a lot of what Paul is telling these Christians. And if they're reading this letter for the first time, this is what they understand. Remember this morning we talked about that word washed, and we said that it was used in the middle voice. And the middle voice denotes that you understand that this action has benefit to you, and that's why you do it. This is something that's going to benefit me, and so I will do that. In other words, they realized that baptism was something that would benefit them, and they were baptized. Uh, They were not forced, but they were baptized. The middle voice. Sanctified, though, is not that voice. Sanctified is the passive voice. And a passive voice denotes an action that is done to you, not something you do for yourself. And so you were washed, that's something you did yourself, but you were sanctified as something that was done to you. God does that. Isn't that neat? So you're washed, you're fully cleansed, You decided to do that because you understand that it's your benefit that in baptism your sins are forgiven. But God then sanctifies you. He sets you apart. He cleanses you. He he sets you to the side. Now you're not lost. Now you are saved. Now you have moved from darkness to light. Now you have moved from the power of God to the power of Satan. from the power of Satan to the power of God. I'll get it right. And you now have forgiveness of sins. It happened in your past. He's telling these Corinthians. A specific point in your past, this took place. Now Jesus is the author of your salvation. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 9. You have obeyed Him and you find yourself in a saved condition. Now again, don't misunderstand me. Don't misunderstand what Paul is saying. He is not saying that now you can live like you want to live, that you no longer have to be faithful, but he's saying there is a point when you are saved and you find yourself right with God. The point of baptism. The point when you're washed, when you're made clean. Now, to appreciate what takes place, in baptism, what, to, take, to appreciate what takes place in being sanctified and set apart, let's just talk about God for a moment. And let's talk about the way the Bible describes God and Him being separate from everything else. And I think this will help us understand the relationship that we now have too. Because this is what we find happening in the Old Testament. God is separate. And young people, again, this will come back to our study of of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy from last quarter. You remember that those articles that were used in the tabernacle, they had to be uh, cleansed, 
and, and they had to have blood and oil that were sprinkled on them in order to cleanse them and purify them so they could be used in the Lord's service. And the same was true of the men who were going to serve as priests and they had blood that was sprinkled on them in order to purify them and they were set apart for the, the ministry of God. Well, God and the things of God are separate. God must be sanctified. He must be viewed as holy. And that's where we begin in the Old Testament. If you turn in your Old Testament in the book of Psalms and you come to Psalm 99 and verse number 9, this is what the Bible has to say about God. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy hill. Why? For the Lord our God is holy. He is set apart. He is separate from everything that is good, from everything that is evil. He is good. And we need to view Him as such. And brethren, we simply need to be reminded of who God is. Because when we are reminded of who God is, it will remind us of who we need to be. We are His. We have been set apart for service to Him. John would say it in a very easy way that we can get and understand. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 5, God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. He is completely holy, sanctified, set apart from everything else. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Peter would say in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, God is separate from all that is evil... We as His people need to separate ourselves and strive ourselves to be holy just as He is. Is He sanctified in your heart? Is this seen in the way that you live your life? How about the very name of God? The very name of God is to be set apart, is to be sanctified in our lives. If you still are there in Psalm 99, look at verse number 3. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Why? He is holy, the Bible says. His name is holy. His name is separate from all other names. And we need to know this and be reminded of this. Brethren, turn on your Old Testaments to Leviticus chapter 20. I think this is a good reminder for us. Going back to that, that text in Leviticus chapter 20... Again, where we find the law of Moses being put into place, the tabernacle being erected, the people being called and to be separate, and priests being called into service, and His law is being delivered. And the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 20, beginning in verse number 1, that the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Again, you shall say to the children of Israel, Whoever of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel, who gives any of his descendants to Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from his people because he has given some of his descendants to Molech to defile my sanctuary and profane my name. By our actions, we can profane the name of God. I think most often when we think about profaning the name of God, we think about using His name inappropriately, right? We think about taking His name in vain. Certainly that is wrong to do in every way. But what we find in this particular context is by our living, by what we do and how we behave ourselves, we are to exalt the name of God. We have been called away from darkness 
and into light. We have been removed from the power of Satan to serve under the power of God. We have been moved, you see, from an unrighteous condition, lost in our sin, to a righteous condition, right with God, forgiven of our sin. What does that mean to you? Your life will show. The way you behave will show your appreciation. Brethren, we are not to be like the world. The world is not our standard. We are to be separate. We are called out of that. We have been sanctified. And you look in verse number 26 of Leviticus chapter 20, and the Bible says, You shall be holy to me, for I the Lord am holy, and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. You belong to me. We need to know that, don't we? It's a simple reminder of something so very, very important. And so we are reminded of God being set apart from everything else. And we are reminded that His name is exalted above all other names. But how is it possible, really, that you and I can come out of a lost condition and into a saved? And for that, we, we look at our salvation and our being sanctified and we turn to Hebrews chapter 10 for a great truth that we simply cannot allow ourselves to forget or ever get over. In Hebrews chapter 10, turn in your Bibles to chapter 10 and verse number 10. And the Bible will tell us there that by that will we have been sanctified. How? Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And the same is said in verse number 14. For by one offering He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And you drop down in the same context to verse number 28, and the writer says, Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing, and insulted or outraged the Spirit of grace. How is it possible that an imperfect person like me can be found right with God? It's only possible because of the blood of Jesus. It's only possible because He sacrificed Himself for me and for you. Paul, I'm I'm sending you, Saul, to the Gentiles to open their eyes. They need to know this. They need to see. They need to know that there is hope for them. They need to know that as imperfect and sinful as they are, that they can be called out of that darkness and into the light. That they can be separate. That they don't have to be under the control of Satan. That they can be under my control. How is this possible? Because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And that's when Jesus would say in John chapter 17 and verse 17, Father, sanctify them, set them apart, separate them by your word, by your truth. Your word is truth. And so I don't go running to man. I don't go running to what man can devise and come up with. 
I go running to the Word of God. And I ask God, how is it that I can be sanctified? How is it that I can be right in your sight? How is it that I can be found in your light, forgiven of my sin? I go running to God. And I bow the knee before Him, exalting Him for who He is. And ask, how can I be sanctified? How can I be right? The answer is we can only be found right because of the blood of Jesus. And that's why Saul would go and he would preach about Jesus. And he would tell of his sacrifice for their sin. And he would offer them hope of salvation. And these Corinthians heard and they believed and they were baptized. Acts chapter 18 and verse number 8. And brethren, to those who are Christians... We look at the words of Peter as we conclude tonight, and it all simply boils down to this. What is my motivation for living a Christian life? What is my motivation for living as one who is separate, who is not in the world, but is in Christ? What's my motivation? It's the cross. And it's God. Be holy, for I am holy. And you live like me. And you live for me. Because I have provided a way for you to be saved. You don't have to be lost. You have every right and every reason to be saved. And so tonight, have you been sanctified? Have you been set apart? Are you separate and opposed to all that is profane? Have you been set apart by obeying the the word of truth? Have you obeyed? Have you come in contact with the blood of Jesus to have your sins washed away? Have you done what you must in order to be right with God? Well, tonight you have that opportunity. And if you've not taken advantage of it, tonight you have another opportunity to take advantage of. Are you saved tonight? Are you right with God? Do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Are you willing to make that confession? To repent of sin in your life? Are you prepared tonight, ready to be washed in the blood of Jesus, in the waters of baptism, to have your sins forgiven, to be then set apart for God? Tonight, are you living? Are you holy, striving to be as God is? Tonight, if you're not, please take advantage of the Lord's invitation. And if we can help you in any way, Please don't leave here with any questions unanswered. Let us help you if we can. If you're ready to respond, then come now while together stand and while we sing.